0: Welcome to the show. We've got Brian Rinaldi and Raymond Camden with us. How are you doing, guys? Great. How are you? All right. Doing very good. Just for the sake of full disclosure here, it'd be useful to let the listeners know that Brian and I are actually co-workers now. He works for a company, and I work for a company called StepZen. And it's funny when I was interviewing, I thought Brian was going to be like my boss, but um, someone seems <laughs> to have gotten confused, and we're kind of like peers <laughs> or something. So it's it's really great. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners just a little bit about like what StepZen is?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, so we became colleagues as of what last week, right? Yeah, Thursday. Officially. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a few days. You're already sick of hearing from me, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, So steps in basically, um, we offer like a way to create one API for all of your data sources. So you can connect like rest and databases and whatever other backends your system might have all into one GraphQL API. Um, and we offer a whole bunch of tools for doing that as well as things to optimize after you created that API. So we're still in private alpha, but you can sign up, get a free at free access to the private alpha and stepsend.com. So it's always fun to hear you know how
0: people describe these kind of like big high level kind of yeah. kind of things. But yeah, it's not so, the easiest
1: to to describe in many ways, you know, especially yeah. when you talking about data and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah.
0: But we are not here to talk about stepsend. We're actually here to talk about a book that both of you have written together. So it is is it the Jamstack book? Is that the title? You've yes. got to miss a yeah, second
2: introduction old. of Raymond
0: so yeah, I was gonna kind of loop back in with him for the for the book. Yeah, I want not you go ahead and, and tell us about yourself, Raymond, as well, and, and where you work, where you work, and all that.
3: Yeah, I work at a company called Here Technologies. We're involved in mapping and navigation, essentially a location for developers. I'm a devrel for them, and you know, routing client side maps and much more advanced stuff as well.
0: Great. And how did you guys get together for the book? Cause you have you guys worked together previously in the past?
1: we have a long, long, long history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our history goes back to, I, let's see. It has to be 2000 around year 2000 or so, 2000, yeah. 2001. Long, yeah. long time. Yeah. The yeah. confusion flash Adobe community.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: So Ray nice. and I have known each other a long time. We actually wrote a book together prior to this. That was all about static site generators for O'Reilly before we it was around. It came out around the same time as when the jamstack term just kind of came around, so we didn't use the term jamstack at the time. But yeah, so this is kind of a follow up, um, but because you know so much has changed in four years, it's basically a wholesale rewrite.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And this is something that was one of the things that really got me involved in the jamstacks. So I'm a big history buff myself, and the kind of transition from static sites into the Jamstack is something that I thought was really cool and kind of as like a newer, you know, dev just coming into this, like way after the term had already been coined, like you kind of had to dig into the history a little bit to like kind of tease it out. But um, you guys pretty much lived it. And as you can say, you, you were writing books about this before it was, it was even called Jamstack. So how did you guys feel when the term Jamstack was introduced? <laughs> hmm. <laughs>
3: I I was not terribly happy with it, but at the same time, like I had given intro to static site development presentations like 200 times. And there was always a significant portion in that kind of talk where you talk about, you know, adding dynamic stuff back in and making sure people knew that they weren't giving stuff up. So I've kind of come around to this new term because it doesn't have the baggage or the assumption that Oh, you know, I have this full app server. I could do anything. If I go static, I could do nothing. Uh, having the term kind of resets expectations and, and, and what people think about it.
1: I understood at the time, the need for the term I quibbled on the actual term, but I didn't have any, I didn't have anything better to offer. So I just kind of agreed to, you know, like, okay, I guess that's, I'm not sure. I like the word jamstack, but I don't have any better. Better options. That's a good so, that's um, a good attitude to have because I
0: feel like a lot of people will always complain and then not offer a better solution. And then you're just kinda left with, okay, so you're just gonna complain then. <laughs> All <yeah>. right, cool. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like that. If you if you can't think of something better, get get on board. And then how do you yeah. guys feel about capitalized jam to lowercase jam? That getting rid of the jam <laughs>
1: acronym. So yeah, so I think we, we both kind of were unsure of that at the beginning and I've come around to feel like that is I actually feel like that is absolutely the right thing to do because I feel like the acronym is not useful anymore at all because it causes more confusion than it clarifies because everybody's like oh yeah I do markup and I do you know, I use APIs and I, do, my website uses JavaScript. So I'm doing Jamstack. Right. And it's like, well, are you using, you know, any of these tools like static site generator, are you doing this? say, are you on CDN okay. would
0: be the question yeah. I would ask.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, that doesn't sound like Jamstack it sounds like just a regular single page application kind of thing. So, and, and then my secondary quibble with the acronym, um, was I felt like that because it started with javascript we trended towards a feeling that you had to use a javascript framework and that it was all javascript framework based development and while i think there, there are important things that javascript frameworks offer and uh, some of these tools i it's not a requirement and i don't like because yeah, you're feeling a long time like,
0: hugo user which is yeah like, I, I,
1: hugo but even Eleven is i mean Eleven is javascript but not javascript framework um, yeah. and that's pretty popular too so like i think they're, you know, I like the diversity of options. You want to use a framework like React or whatever. Yeah, we've got great options there. You don't want to use a framework. You don't have to. It's not a requirement. But people, because of the J being first, people were like, oh, okay, so I have to use React. It's like, no, you don't. What's your feeling, Ray?
3: Yeah, uh, that was definitely like a subgroup or whatever that was pushing very hard for like JavaScript everywhere. And like, your, your final result was a JavaScript SBA, and I, I didn't like that. So um, anything that moves away from uh, kind of pushing, like that, that being the one true way, I think is good. It's not what Chris wants to hear. Chris it's... wants JavaScript
2: to be the one true way. I prefer the um, TAM, you know, TypeScript API is a <laughs> markup. Just kidding. <laughs> TAM stack, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Wow. Well, um, it's it's this thing. It's almost like we're now coming against a full circle. Ryan Florence, who is obviously the creator of uh, React Remix, is saying like, "What is the Jam Stack?" People are asking me if this is Jam, and I have no clue.
1: Yeah, I saw his tweet, and I think you know. And I'm not going to quibble with Ryan per se, but I sent him some info on that thread. Even um, so I think I. it's it's pretty it's pretty. I think it's pretty clear what it is. You know, I think if you start thinking, how how can I put this nicely? I mean, I I felt like there was maybe some effort to just kind of dismiss it. It was a little, I felt his tweet was a little dismissive of Jamstack in general. You know, I think a lot of people sent him info about what it was and I don't know Ryan at all. So I felt like he was a little dismissive of even that. So it's like, okay, i think we clearly define we know what it is we we all talk about it and i mean it's like this static first kind of uh way of building things right that distinguishes it from a single page app standard single page application right like it's it's mostly static we can do server-side rendering on some frameworks but for the most part we're going to stick to static right you know there's certain tools that that help us achieve that and then we deploy on You know, places where we can, where it's all like CDN based and things like that. I mean, I think all those pieces come together to, to make something that is legitimately different than other types of web development. I agree with him that sometimes our, our definition gets muddled. And so it can be hard for somebody outside to understand what it is. But I do feel like, you know, we, we do have a clear distinction.
0: Yeah. I was also following along with that, that tweet thread and I responded as well to it i got the sense that he feels that it's become an overloaded word which i think is something that we we would probably ag- agree with here and that's part of why we've been like you know honing the terminology exactly and he's just constantly getting asked by people like is remix jamstack can i use remix with the jamstack like there's all this kind of like because the thing co- people are constantly talking about so he's constantly being asked about it and he's like i don't i don't have anything to do with the jamstack like i didn't make the size of the jamstack i don't pay attention to the jamstack he doesn't want to have anything to do with the jamstack so he's just like if i think he's frustrated That it's like the thing and people keep trying to force that thing onto his thing and i think that that's totally valid what i did take issue with is he was saying jamstack has all these problems jamstack people don't talk about with in terms of things like persistence and auth, and he was saying all this stuff gets fixed by magical api fairies that's what i really took issue with and that's why i felt the need to send like long tweet messages responding to it because Us here in the FSGM community have built this entire community specifically around addressing those issues that you're bringing up. So to say that we don't know about, or that we're not addressing it, I think it's just
3: fundamentally dishonest to like the work that we're doing. I've been doing static sites since like 2013, but I feel like as a thing, we're still very, very, very young. And like any new thing in the beginning, you're super excited and you love this new way of doing things. And absolutely, sometimes you oversell, sometimes you gloss over issues. Uh, but like I was very big when into serverless when it first came out, and there was the same reaction. Every time you had mentioned serverless or somebody would be like, oh, but there's a server involved. You know, that that guy. And it was always a guy. So I feel like we're probably hitting some of that with Jamstack becoming so big and so popular. There's going to mm-hmm. be negative reactions to it. and whatever, like I'll, I'll get crap done while you complain about the uh, name.
1: Yeah, I think that we can, as you know, Anthony, we can refine the definition. And I think that's where even I got, I, I struggled with, with some of the ways that we were kind of that jam acronym, right? I felt like it, it encompassed too much and then, then it becomes easy for somebody to say, well, everything is Jamstack, right? I mean, that's Jamstack, that's Jamstack. And, and we'd have arguments even in some of the communities and I'm like, no, no, we need to be clear about what, what this is that's distinct from something else. Otherwise we fall into that trap of being, it doesn't mean anything and having it be a fair criticism at that point. One of the things I think Jamstack does do very well is
2: for beginners, say if you've never touched Web development before picking up a Gatsby website, for example, can be a really easy way to get something on the internet for someone who's doing their first HTML,
1: for example. Even though it's not HTML, it's JSX. Absolutely, I mean, well, Gatsby, I think, in particular, is a, is been a popular entry point, partly because it does um, address a lot of those issues, even though it is react and like if you don't know react it, it can be kind of complex but but because they have the built-in tooling and particularly their plugin ecosystem makes it really really easy to be like oh i just want to use this service let me find a, and then they have a plugin it's like Boop, okay done and i don't really need to get into the details of how that works so it's really it's really good for onboarding i also feel like i feel like um some of the more traditional static site generator tools like uh, like a Jekyll or a Hugo or a Leventy that do just purely static site generation are actually really, really easy for people to, to get started with, without layering in. If you don't know react or you don't know Vue, cause we have a lot of Vue tools or, or even there's now an angular tool in Scully. If you don't know any of those frameworks and you just want to learn and get something on the web, I, I really feel like those tools are the actually a super easy experience to get started. Grant, yeah, I like to get them. into
0: to eleven D actually because eleven D I think is kind of the what a lot of your book is is using is that is that correct?
1: No, one chapter, no. right? Yeah, one just chapter? one
0: chapter. Okay, yeah, I guess chapters. I guess that's the I shouldn't I shouldn't say most of the book I've I only got the first four chapters so i have a, a bad sense of the the whole book I should say yeah. but uh, that was the that's the chapter that introduces static site generators.
1: Yes, yes, there we go. That's okay. Ray Ray Ray's Ray. If we're talking eleven D, you should be talking to Ray. <laughs> great, great, yeah, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm actually learning Eleven D right
0: now because um, we're using it with this uh, group called uh, Lunch Dev, which is kind of a spin off of the React podcast Discord server, which is funny because we're not we're not using React at all, but mm-hmm. um, we're kind of building out like a events calendar using Eleven D. So I've been learning it. I've been learning like you know how to do like how like pass data around. And there's like mm-hmm. there's actually a it's a really really powerful static site generator. I'm actually finding so I, so I love to hear kind of what you enjoy about it, kind of how you would describe it to people who have never used
3: it before. I came from Jekyll. I like Jekyll a lot, but I hated to install Ruby on new machines, especially on Windows. It was doable, and it's gotten better since I first started using Jekyll. But 11e just being in based was like enough to to get me to look at it. And being able to use JavaScript to customize stuff was also a big plus. I think... The issue I've run into certain other generators that I won't name is that some of them are very prescriptive in terms of what you're allowed to do. And if you want to go outside of that box, you have to work hard. The generator I used before Jekyll, that again, I won't name, I literally wanted to output a JSON file. And it took like a week of me fighting against a system that did not want me to do JSON, HTML or nothing at at all. So I feel like 110 doesn't care i want to output a dot ray file it will let me output whatever i want it doesn't hold my hands it's very flexible i love the fact that it has multiple engines involved with it so coming from jekyll i love that i could use liquid but every now and then i'll have something where liquid's not a good fit and i just slap in ejs and ejs is ugly as hell but it gets the job done sometimes so i think really comes down to flexibility and uh not being trapped if that makes sense
1: from my experience the the javascript static site generators the thing that i like about them is that they benefit from the ease of integrating external apis the other traditional static site generators don't have often have an easy way to like say consume an api and then spit out a bunch of pages or content from that api Um, at build time. So that that's something that I feel like Lemony does really well, but also like next and Gatsby both make it really easy to say, oh, here's, here's this rest API that I'm consuming or, or GraphQL on steps in (laughs) and then just pull that data in and like spit out pages from it or something like that. Right. Hugo can do certain degree of that. And I think it's possible with Jekyll. I've never really been able to do it, but you know, it's not, it's not necessarily super easy whereas on all those tools it really is. I
2: think I came into the Jamstack at an interesting time where Create a React app was the popular one and Gatsby was just past its 2.0 and obviously I started creating something with Create React app and then was like, oh but it kind of needs to be static. So I went to Gatsby and I've never actually looked at any other static generator apart from gatsby and next but at the time i wouldn't have classed next as a static side generator even now
0: i still wouldn't i would say it can do it but that's a subset of what it could do i would say that next is capable of static side generation but it's not a tool that's designed to just do that so there's probably other things like 11d i feel like it's really optimizing to be just a static side generator like actually that's a good question raymond can you do ssr with 11d
3: I have not looked into that into that at all. Yeah, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say that. I would not expect it to. I I would not like think it would. And so that's why I say I don't think of Next as just a static site generator. I think of it as like this kind of multi-purpose tool that includes static site generation as one of the things it can do. That's kind of how I think of like Next and and how it relates to to Gatsby. But I have a pretty similar story to to Chris actually in terms of I started with. You know, I learned React, create a React app, go through like my bootcamp and then kind of found Gatsby. Actually, I found Gatsby before my bootcamp, but um, because of how it works, you can just fire up a blank project and start writing markdown. You actually don't need to write a single line of React to get a Gatsby blog set up on the internet and then just write markdown. So that was why it ended up being a really good entry point for me is that it generated the site for you. You didn't have to actually figure out how to do... Any of the the React internals or even the GraphQL in, internals, like I never looked at a single GraphQL query in my in my Gatsby project. I'm obviously I'm sure they're they're buried in there somewhere. Because I was always told Gatsby was using GraphQL, but I, I had you know no idea what any of that was doing. And then I started looking into the history, and I, I tried Jekyll like, just to kind of you know get my hands on it. And then I've also played a little bit with like 11d, and um, I like. Nuxt. Nuxt is kind of like next in the sense that it can do static site generation, even though it's not just a static site generator. As we've been saying, there's like so many tools, there's so many things involved here. So I'd like to kind of get into some of the other tech that you guys have, have written about in the book. And how did you go about choosing the technology to use in the book?
1: The first half of the book covers mostly like tools like static site generators, but we picked use cases. And we tried to kind of come up with um like what would be if I was doing X, what would be the, you know, the tool I'd want to use so that we could give you like a, a broad view of the different tools that are available. What we wanted to do is like say not, rather than come on be prescriptive and be like, okay, this is going to be about building Jamstack sites, but everything uses Gatsby or next or whatever. We want to give you all a range of options so you can see what tools fit for you. Number one, number two, to think about that certain tools are are often better for certain use cases. You know, the documentation one, I use Hugo because I think it's it's actually for large, particularly for large documentation sites, and the fast generation is is great. It's got some great themes for for documentation and stuff, so it's really a good tool for documentation. Whereas, like on the e-commerce side I'm using Next because I felt like, well, e-commerce has lots of dynamic elements going on that, that actually benefit from the, you know, the way that React renders the UI. Whereas tool like Hugo may not be, I've used Hugo for e-commerce stuff, but like it may not be as good a fit depending on what you're trying to do. I looked
2: through the first three chapters of the basic is with eleventy. the blog is with Jekyll and the documentation web well the CMS website is with Hugo I think that's a really good approach because this isn't a book about Jamstack oh really it's just Gatsby you know it's trying to teach the core principles that is shared across all of these projects to really define what it is what is Jamstack well what you're teaching is in essence what it is without labeling it to a framework.
3: Yeah, I was, I was very worried because I have such a visceral reaction to some of these side generators, like some I, some I love, some I hate. So for the book, I wanted to be really sure where like, if you go into the 11E chapter and you hate what you see, the next chapter gives you a different example of how to build something. So, you know, we try to make sure people know that they have a lot of different options and there, there's something there that will meet your style.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and we try even in some of those chapters to like go through what the different, here's some other options. This is not the only option for this use case. And like, if you look at the documentation chapter, for instance, I'm like, you know, there, there are static site generators just for it. There are other tools that can work. When you talk about headless CMS it's like, here's different options. And here's why I'm choosing this one just to kind of continuously give you the whole range of tools you can choose because that's part of the fun of Jamstack is it's not prescriptive. I can do things the way I want to do them. Like it can create a developer experience that fits my style, but we went. We need to give you all of the kind of the range of, of options that are available to you so you can evaluate them. And then I'm, later
0: on in the book, do you get to things like React and Vue and some of those based frameworks or do you not use any sort of like React or Vue framework?
1: No, we use ne- Next.js. I cover in the in the uh, e-commerce.
2: Gotcha. So you've swapped it away from Gatsby, because I did swap it away from Gatsby. That's really interesting because I've built a e-commerce website with Gatsby and Shopify. Mm-hmm. We also added a CMS where Shopify wasn't good enough, and then our whole build structure was merging two different sources of data into one and then gatsby passing that data and then displaying it to the end user i don't know if that could be redone in next easy with next is a completely different way of thinking about it as you're not thinking a builder that is building it's more generated page by page
1: one of the key differences with next is it doesn't have that plugin ecosystem you have to build that stuff yourself whereas i might integrate with an e-commerce system via just a plugin that they have on Gatsby. In this case, I would have to kind of code it. There were various reasons why I ended up choosing Next. And honestly, it's a personal preference thing. I've used Gatsby a bunch before, and it's a great tool. I kind of prefer Next myself for a variety of reasons. So I kind of think, okay, well, I'm going to choose a React one. And I swapped out for Next, just, just because. That's the one I like better and nothing against Gatsby. It's just, like we said, each tool has its own style and it's really, what do you, what do you like? And find the tool that, that fits you.
0: And then I'm tooling before we, sorry, go
2: ahead, Chris. No, I was going to talk about one of the next steps, next chapters that I don't know if you've wrote yet or uh, yet to write. And that was Serverless
3: chapter eight
2: of Serverless. That's Ray. That is Ray. If that's you, so, right, cool. Ray?
3: I just finished seven yesterday. I haven't started eight yet. Okay.
2: So we can talk philosophy here. Um, (laughs) Would you say that we are stretching what Jam is when you add in your own APIs?
3: Yeah, sure. And I'm okay with that. That, That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. I mean, again, being in development for a long time, what makes me so happy about Jamstack is it's it gives me a great stable option, a very powerful option. So stretching it, it's, it's fine. Like I I come back to this, I hate to be constrained. I like to have an escape hatch where 90% of my code base is perfect, but I need some crap code for like 5% or whatever. I need to break the rules. Being able to break the rules when I need to is fine. I'm all about the philosophy of great development, but there's also the practical world where we have to get things done. I like having that option.
1: I think the key is like we talked about earlier, it's static first, but you know, and I think even in modern tools like like a next, it's static first, but not static only. This is the thing I keep saying. It's like, you know, we, we try to do everything static as much as that we can pre-render, we pre-render where we need to integrate like APIs and things like that that happen on the client side, then we do that. The definition is changing a little bit because of tools like Next. And I think others will follow suit, like, like Nuxt, for instance, now is, as far as I understand it, you can do static site generation or server-side rendering, but you cannot do both together. But I imagine I'm gonna, I would hazard a guess that Nuxt will be able to allow you to switch that base on Root soon, too as well as maybe Gatsby and other things. And, but if you look at what's going on, what's going on in Next underneath the covers, right? And the reason you can still deploy that to, to Netlify is it's just serverless functions. They're not, it's not like it's, uh, you know, there's no node-based uh runtime going on there in terms of like when you deploy it to Netlify, it's still deploying to the CDNs, but they, it automatically creates serverless functions for you to run that server-side stuff. So, I mean, the the definition is we need to kind of make it clear enough that it's distinct, as we discussed earlier, but but allow for like, we're just trying to solve a problem. Like, you're in the end, you're trying to build a website and you need it to do X or Y. And if, if you need to have server-side rendering to do that piece of the app, so that's, hey, cool, do it but we try and pre-render as much as we can. That's kind of the key point.
2: The reason I bring all this up is because of new, as we would call them, FS Jam frameworks, full stack Jam frameworks, such as Blitz, Redwood, Bison. These are currently three projects. Two out of the three sit on top of Next, but Redwood has gone their own route. What we would define them as is basically Jamstack with a database included, authorization included, a way to generate code as templates included. And it kind of feels like its own area forming where it's kind of like, if you just want to, you know, plug in other people's APIs, well, Gatsby or something would be great. But If you want to start building an application or something deeper, that's where this new area is forming. And it is tool agnostic to a certain point because Blitz are doing really well based upon Next and Redwood is doing really well based upon nothing else, just by themselves. So it's this thing of like, when we define what Redwood is, it's like, this is Jamstack, but it's also not because it's doing loads of other things that is not typical with Gatsby or Next.
1: You know, I'd argue that that's, I mean, yes and no. Uh, I think it has a lot of the tools built in to do that stuff, but these are things we were doing. I mean, I've done auth on even even my current, my the cfe.dev site that I run, that, that has auth and that's all Hugo. It's just some of these pieces where you were often, when you were building a complex JAMstack application, all of these pieces, you had to kind of build and orchestrate yourself. And I feel like what these tools do is just give you a way to not have to do all of those pieces yourself. So, you know, a lot of people were connecting to databases, right? Like Fauna has been kind of popular among Jamstack developers, for instance, as a, as a database database, it's quote unquote, unquote back end for Jamstack applications, right? Um, they were already doing this, but They had to kind of build it themselves and set up the orchestration within the application themselves. And I feel like what Redwood does is just say, Hey, you know what? All that stuff is complex. It's really hard for a developer to kind of manage all these pieces. And so we're just going to give you tools to just make it easier to do the things you are already trying to do. And you may not need every one of the tools on the list of things that Redwood provides. You probably won't, right? You may need just a few, but we're going to make it really easy to do that stuff right out of the box
0: are there any other important tools that we haven't hit on that you want to get into before we kind of move on to other topics nope that's all the important ones great awesome <laughs> i'd really love to know how you both think about the audience you're writing for in terms of difficulty level prior experience how do you how do you approach that who do you think the book is
3: aimed at i could see someone brand new to the development being part of the audience Um, I came into Jamstack coming from an app server background. And so to me, I could also see that being as maybe someone doing. .NET doing PHP, looking for a simpler solution as well. So I would say anyone in web development at at any stage, uh, who's looking for a new way to get stuff done.
1: Yeah. I I'd say, you know, each of the chapters kind of written almost as like a complete particularly the first. Ones that are are like oh build the documentation, build the e-commerce, build are written almost as a complete end to end. Like I finish a project by the end of that. Other than general web development experiences, like I don't I don't write them assuming any other prior knowledge. You don't have to have used the Jamstack before. Even the the next JS chapter, I don't assume you necessarily know React. So. Um, I don't dig deep into React concepts, but I will show you how you can actually get the job done in Next without even necessarily having to understand all of those pieces. Yeah, it's, I think it's really for anybody with some web development experience would be beneficial. I don't even know if that's necessarily required, but probably would would help. When do you expect the book to be fully finished? Tomorrow. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I, I did did Manning pay you to ask us that. Okay. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, uh we just turned in we're well, I think Ray's finishing another chapter and I finished the uh, chapter five. So we basically I would guess through the second third of the book. And the last third I think is due in like another month or so. I don't know the exact timing of it. I've got um, one more left. That's all I you know. know. But I I will tell you that, uh, you know, you can get access now that thankfully they have their early access program. So like if you want access to the chapters as they're being written, you can get them. So, you know, if you were to get the book now, you'll get the next batch of chapters, which will which will be coming out shortly, very soon.
2: Manning have provided a discount code for the book. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't remember how much it is. I should have revised this. Do you have it, Anthony? We're still new to this. Yeah, yeah.
0: You're yeah. Not supposed to ask. You can always like. You can always ask.
1: Uh, no, it's fine. We, I you're think the last to, It's guy, like what is guy what's guy
0: Everfund gonna be finished,
1: Chris?
2: Uh, Everfund's <laughs> finished. It's just not fully uh working.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're finished. We're just not done. That's yeah, it. Exactly.
2: <laughs> you you mentioned it about the pre. You can pre-read the book before it's finished that was
0: what i was trying to allude to that we've got a discount code for you guys it's a 35 percent discount code at pod fs jam 21 and we'll have a link for that in the description of the in the show notes i'm still waiting for the purple mattress
2: i can't <laughs> wait to get a free mattress
0: Cool, um, just to open it up to both of you, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Other projects that you're working on that you're excited about or things you wanna, you wanna get
1: out into the world? I mean, the only thing I'd love to share is like, I mean, I do run these bi-monthly virtual meetups on CFE.dev on a whole range of topics. I mean, we, we run, we have a lot of JAMstack ones. So if you're interested in JAMstack, but a lot of web, general web development and just a range of topics. So they're all free. So just go to cfe.dev and you can join those. And um, the, the
3: button only button. thing I would uh, throw out there is if anyone's hiring for DevRel, I know some people who are looking, uh, some very top-notch people. So feel free to reach out to me and I can connect you. Thank you for the time um, that you give us today. It's always
2: interesting yeah. to take things back to the most basics as you are doing with a book about teaching you know, the essence of Jamstack. And I really did enjoy reading the first three chapters.
1: Thanks. Yeah, The Essence of Jamstack. I think that's like a, a new clone by like...
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Essence of Jamstack. Yeah, how, so how'd you... Is that the subtitle of the book? Don't worry. I'm already <laughs> pitching it to O'Reilly. Essence of Jamstack.
2: <laughs> so
1: is essence the, of... Does it have a
0: subtitle or is it just, is just the Jamstack book, like the entire title?
1: I it have... is. The Jamstack Book. I don't know. I, I don't think it has a subtitle. It's, it's <laughs> like, you know, it, yeah it says books. the Jamstack Book. Brian's chapters are better than raids, I think is what it says.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, dude.
1: Well, there is
2: comments about what people say. So I expect to see on there the essence of Jamstack, Chris Burns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I'll look for it. And then, you know, I'm sure the, the manning will contact us and be like, we need to use this.
2: Maybe that's the follow up.
1: Yeah, they'll give you they'll give you royalties for it. Yeah. Sure.
2: Oh, thank you for your time.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome.